You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the 3AM Podcast. My name is DJ. My name is Charlie. And my name is Sean. And the next time you hear us after this episode, it will be October. Hey, yo. Spooky season. So get ready. Get peppered. Uh, (laughs) How have you guys been? Oh, not too bad. Uh, stressed. Why are you stressed, dude? He's got a show coming up. <gasps> That's true. Yeah. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be all done. Yeah. So all of you have better have been there. <laughs> uh, you screwed me. Me? Yeah. Why? You gave me a terrible dream. Oh, oh no. Like you actually screwed you? Like or? I screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I'm dreaming. I'm just minding my own business, sleeping. <laughs> And all of a sudden, the whole theme of my dream turns into Baja Boys. <laughs> so you're on the cell phone. You're on the phone with us. And you're hanging out with um, Kenny Beats and that one super ugly dude who produces for Justin Bieber. Blanco. Oh, Benny Blanco. So you're, you're on the phone. You're hanging out with them. And you guys are FaceTiming us. And you're like teasing us. And me, Jordan, and this random kid from my childhood are like in my childhood kitchen. And you guys are like <laughs> trying to get us to take off our clothes and dance to Da Rude. And Jordan's oh. like, okay. And starts just taking his clothes off. And I'm like, what's going That's on? That's accurate. That's accurate. <laughs> so, dude, the most insidious of demons, Baja Boys. <laughs> it's worse than night terrors. Dude, that's not a nightmare. Dude. That sounds like a like a, the most blissful dream. Did I, tell, did I say on pod my other dream where I was, I had a dream I was cleaning a toilet. And it took 30 minutes of yeah, real yeah. chores in your <laughs> dream. I was so pissed, dude. Because, like, uh, I don't know. Usually my dreams are fun. Yeah. And then you, you just got me doing Baja Boys with children. And <laughs> Bro, somebody just <laughs> hit us up today saying that they were listening to Baja Boys. Baja Men, dude. Baja Men. <laughs> and uh, Eiffel 65, like, all week or something dude, like that. Dude, that dude was having a Baja Boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, I was like. Okay, that's kind of that's a vibe to be going to. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. Speaking of dreams, <laughs> speaking of dreams, quantum computing's weird. Um, we don't. I don't. I don't understand it. <laughs> but what I can tell you 
is it boils down to the fact that things behave differently when they're being monitored. Yes. So okay. that's what quantum theory boils down to, right? So if you're like looking at an atom, it will or a proton electron, it will behave differently. And then when you look away, it does it something does its else. own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So even the act of observing affects it. Yes. So some Swedish scientist or team or I don't even know if they're Swedish uh, had their computer create this synthetic crystal and they're calling it the time crystal. Did all of this is just Indiana Jones. This is a anime you're watching or no, this is IRL. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, they made a time crystal and it powers quantum computers. So quantum computers constantly, they take a lot of, they require a lot of energy. Exactly. And they're getting better. Like the more problems they solve, uh, it's just that much better at solving those problems in the future. So they like exponentially improve. Exactly. Exactly. It's self-learning. So with these quantum computers and quantum theory combined, things that they're able to compute aren't as efficient because of the quantum theory, because it's being observed, it's being worked on at the moment. But these time crystals. It's like behaving differently. Exactly. So the data that it's working on to compute at the time behaves differently. And it's exponentially harder for them to do it. But the time crystals allow it to work like proactively and retroactively. It's strange, dude. Oh my gosh. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> no. This I like botched this super hard. Uh so I went down this wormhole of just This is all off of an article you saw, right? Yes. Okay. Uh I went down this wormhole of just modern day technology and how far ahead we are, but how far we are from being ahead too. So have you seen the new Tesla robot? Yeah. Yes. It's I saw odd. the fake ass intro that they did with like yeah, someone in a with somebody inside of more <laughs> Elon's awkward ass is like, well, that wasn't a real robot. Like, yeah. No one was fooled by that. He's so odd, dude. Yeah. Um, Marquez Brownlee was talking about how, he doesn't think that that's going to be an actual thing because Elon's like next year uh, because Tesla is notorious for like making these promises and not fulfilling them. Tunnels under LA. Yeah. <laughs> but they do all these other things too. You know, I think it's just like us where we talk a lot and like a few of the things we talk about actually get done. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, oh, prototype robot is supposed to be like hitting the market next year. It's like, no way, dude. Because this robot is supposed to be doing, you've seen it. Yeah. It looks like an actual human, you know. It's a very iRobot. It's very iRobot. But it's supposed to do simple, repetitive, boring tasks. They said that over and over and over. So like 80% of the working class is like, fuck, dude. I don't know, <laughs> dude. There's so many simple things that would take like, Millions of connections for like robots to replicate, you know, he compared it to like, if you're working in a factory, something goes awry with like the wiring and it's like flying in the air, like grabbing the wire at the right time with the, what it was connected to and like putting it together, like maybe it grabs something else or it attaches it to something else. It's like for humans, it's like we look at it, grab it, boom, done. Whereas like they'll spend billions and billions of dollars on this robot to try to do that. And it doesn't do as well. It doesn't do it as efficiently. So there's just things that humans are better at now. Huh. Mm. But uh, 
Marquez Brownlee was talking about when developing robots that we shouldn't create it after humans. And then like, he's like, if you want your robot to vacuum your house, don't build a robot that looks like a human and then like grabs the vacuum and moves it back and forth, pulls the wire, plugs it in somewhere else because the wire isn't long enough. It's like, you just make a robot that vacuums. That's the same thing I thought was like, that is not an efficient design. Exactly. That seems so dumb. Yeah. Like so much power to even like balance it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was also talking about how humans are, he thinks that humans are, are behind like in the way the world works. Like we're still trying to adapt to, to survive. Uh, There are things that exist already that, do it well on its own. So that's what we should pattern it after. It's a biomimicry. Hmm. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Biomimicry is the study of making modern <laughs> things work the way like nature, like the already, old does it nature so already does it. Yeah. Oh. So like the bullet train was modeled after all of what's up. Do you know what scene comes to my head? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we were friends or some shit. Uh, Zach Efron when was he's like trying DJ? to come up with a new beat. Oh, he's like, what should it be? And then he hears like a bird outside yeah. and then like a drill like a in the gun. distance. Yeah. He's like, I should use natural sounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I imagine. Some dumbass scientist. What's the line between that and then actually making like the bullet train modeled after like birds to make it go faster, to make it quieter. And there is no line. Yeah. No, it's, it's the same it's thing. The same. It's the exact same <laughs> thing. Same pursuit. Zach Efron, the great innovator of, yeah. <laughs> uh, of our age. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, he was in a movie where he's a DJ and it is insanely like uh, self-masturbatory. What's the word? It's yeah. like, just like, it's like so dumb. It's the dumbest thing in the world. than trying to make it so profound and like meaningful. It's like, dude. Bro, that dick. was probably like inspirational to a generation of DJs. Yeah, it came out when we were in the throes of our DJ career, which, by the way, at this point, everyone has had a DJ career, and it's kind of like a douchey thing to say. It really is. It's the new guitar. I or, think we've talked about that. The new, th- yeah, or like, uh, oh, I'm a photographer. It's like, are you? Yeah. <laughs> are you? Are? I got my iPhone. Yeah. yeah, you started your photography account and yeah. then abandoned it a few months later. Yeah. That wasn't taken off, or it was stolen, or a stolen like Sean's. <laughs> Sean got far though. Yeah, further than anyone we know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, this is Charlie. I'm the Asian one. <laughs> this is DJ, the brown one. This is Sean, the white one. I only say that is because we met someone recently. We're like, no, multiple people have told us. <laughs> we can't tell the difference between you or we have you all mixed up. So I just felt the there need to say that. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't want to be mixed up with your mixed thoughts. Up with yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Pissed me off. <laughs> Maybe you'd get recognized in public, then, dude. Was there a is there a time that sticks out for any of you, where your uh, your parents or an authoritative figure walked in on something that you shouldn't <laughs> have been doing or watching or hmm. listening to? Not that I can think of. I'd have to really think. I was pretty blatant actually with like listening to music or whatever with my parents. I'd be like, "Yo, what do you think of this song?" And I'll put on like. Uh, just the, I can't tell you what it feels the like. The cringiest song. <laughs> Steel knife in my windpipe. Oh, I, heard that song. <laughs> I heard that song recently, and I was like, this is trash. Eminem is funny to me. He is constantly put up as one of the best rappers of all time. I don't know if I agree. 
Because it's like that's a whole can of worms. Of it discussion. is a whole can of worms. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to have it, and it is one man's opinion. Yeah, it's, it's like lyrically, it's, yes, he was able to tell stories very vividly, and he could do a lot of multisyllabic, which is like if that's your yeah. daisy chain, all these rhymes and whatnot. But then he also has stuff like that's why they call it window pane, <laughs> you know. So it's like <laughs> or freaking <laughs> my salsa, my salsa. You know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Have you guys ever shit your pants? Yeah. No. A couple times. Tell me. Oh, oh, shit. I share about one on the pod. Refresh my memory. Well, we've all shared our pants a couple times. I did not actually. Ask. It was as like, I was getting and, to the rest stop bathroom. Okay, and, wait, wait, wait. Refresh me on yours because I forgot. I talked about going to the temple during a oh, wedding. Oh, What happened? I seriously. I like leaned over to try to fart and I was confident it was an airy one. And it was with a Until little bit it of wasn't. Yeah, with a little <laughs> bit of solid. But there was no sound. Like I got away with it. And so you think <laughs> all your homies just did you a solid? <laughs> what do you mean? They were just like No, dude. It I promise you. It stayed in the confines of your cheeks. No, I I Yeah, see, that's, <laughs> that's I said I remember that. Does that click now? Yeah. <laughs> um ninety-eight percent of the time, my farts don't sink. And I have no body odor. And I've smelt you before. You so smell that must my farts? Have been, no, B.O. The B.O.? Yeah. It's one of the few times. Whoa. Every, like. Every, Who tells you this? Because if it's you. Every, every girl I've dated has, used to has told me this. <laughs> I thought it, but I'm like, obviously, I'm oblivious to, to things about myself I'm all the time. I'm sniffing your ass. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but all the girls I've dated have told me that you, you don't have body odor. Your farts don't stink. Once in a while, f- once in a while they do. <laughs> once in a while they do, uh, but like ninety nine percent of the time they don't. Oh, my mind is blown. Yeah, <laughs> it comes at the sacrifice of a small penis. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know. That's a good trait. Uh, who was the most dangerous person you met, and or most dangerous kid or person you knew in high school? Dangerous person? Yeah. Uh, do you have somebody for this? There was a girl named Lanisha in high school. She was like 6'4". She was on the basketball team. She would braid my sister's hair regularly, and she had a crush on me. <laughs> and someone talked back to her at school, and she curb stomped her. Oh, And frick. went to jail. <laughs> but uh, she, had, she had the hots for you, boy. <laughs> Dude, to curb stomp somebody, though, the only time I ever even saw something recreated like that was American History X. Yes. And it's still just cringe city. Bro. 100%. The ceiling of violence in Hawaii isn't that high. This, the, oh, okay. Yeah. There are, like, it's happened, but it doesn't happen as frequently, I feel like, as in other places you know, like, for crime. Like that high, height of violence. Like, you exactly. guys just punch, and then it's like, okay. With that said... The floor is a lot higher than most places. Like Hawaii is uh, notorious for being like a super aggressive. Like everyone's trying to fight. Like everyone grew up like wanting to fight. Wait, Hawaii? Sparrow. So yeah. it's not I like thought it was go, paradise. You don't go zero to a hundred. You more like go twenty five to seventy five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, um, you and Kalima were telling us about these milky eyed Hawaiians. Explain that, dude. Milky eyed Hawaiians. <laughs> yeah, you were like. You're like, there's a ton of Hawaiians there with a wide eye. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, I don't scary. know what it is, dude. 
Uh, there was a Tongan dude who worked with my dad. And all the people who work with my dad are either Polly or Filipino. Fake Polly. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> um, Polly or Filipino, and they're all super hard workers. Filipinos are, uh, if you don't know any, they're equivalent to Mexicans. <laughs> like, they're everywhere, and they work super hard, and they're very family-oriented. And they all look the same because they share the same last names. Uh, no, I did not say that. The brown one said <laughs> no, that. No, no, this is all real because the Spaniards <laughs> conquered the Philippines and owned them for like 400 years. I'd just like so to say, as the white one here, I didn't say that either. <laughs> okay. um, and I say this as a Filipino. <laughs> so, yeah, they were all hardworking, but there was, uh, there was one Tongan dude who like was in and out of jail for lots of reasons, like stealing and like dealing cocaine and... I think he got in a scuffle once. Somebody like slashed his face because he has all these scars on his face. That's kind of dope, bro. And the rumor is he gave himself some of those like Joker status, which sounds cringy. But if you looked at this dude, dude, you would not want to like even look at him. Uh, looking at him was like the death penalty. <laughs> but he has like. Because he's so scary. Dude, that's. He's terrifying. Yeah, he has these dreads. His name's Noah. Oh shit! And he uh, <laughs> has this big, like, classic Bond villain, like a scar down one of his eyes, and he's blinded one eye. It's like milky white. Frick, dude! And uh, dude, I swear he sees everything. <laughs> you called him Mad Eye Moody last week. <laughs> <laughs> he heard that too. Oh shit! He's paddling his ass over here to yeah. beat me, <laughs> feeling the current, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> adjusting the sail. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so funny. Let's talk about. But, no, yeah, Hawaii is uh, everyone's fighting. There's a subreddit called Fight Porn that I frequent. I think it's just my innate nature as a Hawaiian. Yeah. But I love watching like fist fights. They're so fun. Everyone in Hawaii loves the UFC and MMA. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any professional teams, but we have a ton of professional fighters. Max Holloway is the biggest fighter in the oh, world yeah, right yeah. now. BJ Penn. BJ Penn was killing it in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, both legends. But yeah, lots of fighters coming out of Hawaii. Uh, Two kids in my like youth group at church are like professional fighters now. So we would always practice like sparring, run away from like Sunday school, go and go on the stage in church. Mormon churches have uh, basketball courts in them, if you don't know. Ball is life. Yeah. <laughs> and uh there's a stage too. If, Acting you know. is life. Yeah. <laughs> and uh behind the stage curtain, we would hide there, only leave one light on in the middle. Like a boxing ring. Ooh, like everybody is like, oh, yeah, dude. like Fight Club. Like all the other Sunday uh, teenagers. Right the same uh, Darud Stan- Sandstorm teenagers. <laughs> it's like, all right, button your pants. It's time to fight. I'm bringing the Sandstorm, boys. And we would we would spar. We would like bring up the whiteboard, create brackets of like who would fight who. That's dope, bro. That's dope. Dude, polys are tough. I lived in Australia. I lived with a ton of Samoan and Tongan fa- like families. I was around them all the time. And I would see like the four-year-olds and like the 10-year-olds fight. And they would just full on like punches where I was like, if I got hit by that, I would be crying. <laughs> and they would just like take it and like, boom, like bring it back so hard, dude. So much rougher. <laughs> yeah. Going back to a, like a fight porn subreddit. Half of the videos I see, okay, maybe not half. <laughs> I would accurately put it, maybe like 20%, which is a large amount. Yeah, for a Being whole Hawaii, world. being tiny, uh, it's it's fights in Hawaii, and I recognize the places. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the shopping mall that my family <laughs> like goes to eat at every Friday. 
like Windward Mall. Uh, yeah, schools. I'm like, oh yeah, this is uh, you know the high school on the other side of the island. What would cause a Hawaiian to want to fight you? Is there is there a usual suspect list or is it disrespecting elderly? So if you're going to Hawaii, listen up. Dis- disrespecting elderly, classic like road rage, cutting you <laughs> off. But things that are unique to Hawaii is is there any? I'm trying to stare Poly, at that. Polly's are huge into family. Ohana, Shaka, okay. Mahalo. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, disrespecting family, also the land. Mm. Like if you litter. Like coins oh, get pissed. I'd get pissed. You know, I I get pissed until I moved up here to Utah. I started littering. <laughs> You're a bastard. I just remember that one time. It's not that like, pretty here, so it's right like nothing's at, at stake. You know. Or wait, was it the other way the way around? No, we were at a freaking national park, and DJ like finished a burger, and like he 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 didn't. It didn't look like he knew I was watching him, so he's just like looking away, eating, and then he like crumples up his wrapper and throws it in the national park. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> and he just looks at me and starts laughing so loud. Cause I was like, I was like, dude, are we friends? I was like, yeah, my mind was blown and you just laughed and picked it up. <laughs> that was a funny troll. Dude, isn't littering kind of nice though? No. no. You don't have to look what? for a trash nope. can. It's convenient. Ma. You, you like taking out the trash. Yeah. No. I don't care. Do I like putting that's it in someone else's trash? It literally doesn't like phase me no that's a lie in fact i find enjoyment like shooting it into the trash can oh. okay yeah Kobe, like, Ooh, dude. serotonin so you have an open trash can in your house that's unsanitary as well it has a little swingy door that's fun yeah it does so you go open it run real quick and throw it in no yeah. no, no once it hits the swingy door it goes down and then flips back up i don't think so shadow realm i don't think so. <laughs> uh, i want to talk about polys and being tough what's the most inhuman thing let's talk about inhuman poly stories i have one i'll go first (laughs) i think his name was elder tuifua who he claimed he was like related to tongan royalty which i feel like 90 percent of tongans from tonga claim (laughs) oh related to the king okay so is everyone uncle Dwayne johnson (laughs) he found a cane toad and cane toads are poisonous if you eat the glands right here on the back of a cane toad from in Australia, you will die. Who the hell is going around eating the glands on the back of a freaking toad? Uh, very few people because they quickly realized you would die. One, one, he ate a whole thing of Vegemite. Uh, spoonfuls of Vegemite. And he's like, mm. that's hard, bro. <laughs> and he had the highest voice. He was, he played he on was like Majin Buu. He was Majin Buu from Dragon Ball Z. Go look it up. Dude. Yeah, he was like on the New Zealand rugby team. Like oh, he was shoot. a tough, huge yeah. dude. And he had such a high voice. And he, when he laughed, he's like, ah! <laughs> and I'm not joking. It was that high. Uh, but yeah, spoon in a Vegemite thing. And he just ate spoonfuls of it. And if you've ever tasted Vegemite, you need like the essence of Vegemite to taste it. Yeah. And he ate spoonfuls. He, just, ca- he caught a cane toad, boiled it, and ate it. And everyone's oh. like, is he okay? And he's like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> he's like, it's fine. <laughs> the game toad is yeah. good. Bro, the hardest thing I ever saw, though, is this kid named Hikila. We're in the MTC together. and A real-life silverback gorilla. <laughs> he was a real-life silverback gorilla. Bro, he had dinner plates on his chest. He's just huge dude. And we went down to like the place where we like vending machines and stuff, and he gets this hot pocket and it's in the cold vending machine so it's frozen and then he goes around to the kitchen where he's going to cook his hot pocket 
and there's a line of like 40 people out the kitchen waiting to use this little microwave because everyone's hungry. And he's like, <laughs> goes back up to the room and just starts eating his frozen hot pocket. <laughs> and I was Dude. like, damn, bro, this is the hardest thing I've seen. You're a psychopath. <laughs> it's the only time a hot pocket didn't scorch the inside of a mouth. <laughs> uh, one of our young men leader, when I was like 13, his name was Paolani Tongan. You would shake his hand, and I kid you not, his hand would like go up to your forearm. <laughs> like it was so big, it would just like he was the here. claw, dude. You would just be like, hold, like in a catcher's mitt. That's what I remember about Paylani. His fingers were like Snickers bars. Anyway, he was like teaching a lesson. He was talking to us, and to him, this was like uplifting and spiritual. <laughs> but he's like, when I serve my mission, me and my companion, also a Tongan, and we walked by a high school. And there's like 50 kids on the high school field, football field. So they're walking by a football field at a high school. There's 50 kids on the field. And he said, they all start like yelling and cat calling. And he looks to his companion and goes, ignore him. Elder, we need to be strong. Ignore him. So like, okay, so they keep walking. People are calling him names now, cursing at him. His companion's getting mad. And he's like, <laughs> elder, we need to ignore him. Till finally a soda hits him on the back and explodes. <laughs> spraying everywhere and he looks at his companion they both drop their bags and they go jump the fence so now they're in the field with the people and he said they both put out their arms like this <laughs> just stretch their arms straight out to the sides and they ran at the crowd and he said they mowed the entire <laughs> crowd down boom 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 everyone just close lining everything every single one of them <laughs> and just and he was like that day like we taught him a lesson and all of us are like, oh, <laughs> shit. Damn. The most savage poly moment is uh, every morning when I watch my dad throw a can of Vienna sausages and his Cheerios. <laughs> like, dude, you know, no you, fear. You, <laughs> you Are you going to fight that person? No, no dude. dude. Hell no. That's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, absolutely terrifying. Uh, there was an elder in my mission, Elder Vilea. Oh, gosh, dude. You knew Elder Vilea? Yeah. Song in Samoan? Dude, he uh, had the police looking for him <gasps> because he had, he uh, for like attempted murder. <gasps> so he, and this is not me writing him out. I don't think. <laughs> the Saguano uh, police are like listening like, yeah. we got him, boys. We got him, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him in. <laughs> but uh, people would always like catcall him just like you were talking about. It wouldn't bother him. Except for one night where they were doing it to a young woman uh, that was not okay with him. As it should be with, you know, everyone. <laughs> um, but he was willing to get physical about it. So it's three drunk Filipino dudes like kept calling this woman and he's like, Hey, knock it off. They continue. And then they start getting physical with the girl. They start like, you know, tapping her, pushing her, following her, uh, minor harassment and not minor in, in the sense that like, you know, it's not a big deal, but no, yeah, it's, it's not cool. I'm not justifying <laughs> at all. I promise you. Um, but he keeps telling them to knock it off and they're not listening. They start getting more physical with the girl, and that's when he decides to get more physical with them. So he runs towards them, and before they even realize that some 400-pound oh, dude, dude he's, he's, a big, dude. Yeah. he's a big dude. One of them is already on the ground. Knocks him out. One punch. 
the two start running. He probably picked his body up <laughs> as a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Just swinging a Filipino. <laughs> a Pinoy baton. <laughs> the two start running. Uh, they're drunk, so they're not running fast. <laughs> or straight. <laughs> or straight. So he gains on one of them, grabs him, turns him around. Boom. One punch knocks him out. The third one is running. They're at the beach or near the <laughs> near the beach. He starts running towards the water. Uh, not a Filipinos good probably think uh, Filipinos are, are great yeah, swimmers. Dude. Bajia, yeah, dude. could have been a Bajia. Uh And for the uninformed, Bajias literally have gills. <laughs> They're like Filipinos from the northern water tribe. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Bajias like hold their breath for like half an hour, dude, and fish with their bare hands. But this dude is running towards the ocean. <laughs> And Vilea catches up to him, and instead of knocking him out, he grabs his neck and he shoves it under the water and just holds it there, not even moving his body. His companion at the time, Elder Young from Utah, oh, is like, Brandon actually. El- oh, it's his trainer. Whoa! Yeah. He's uh, like uh, Elder. I'm, I don't think we're supposed to be doing this. He like grabs him from behind. <laughs> Uses his holy strength and pulls him back. He's like, "No, God has we that has to be the most impressive thing." That <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, ever "We done. can't kill people <laughs> as he's pulling him back into the sand. <laughs> we can't murder people." No killing, elder. <laughs> Apparently, uh, during that same uh, time period where they were companions, uh, he had bought a fridge. Yeah, and he's like, uh, "Elder Young is telling Elder Vileo." Why did you buy a fridge? We have a fridge. He's thinking maybe, you know, this guy eats a lot. Maybe we need more food is what it is. Uh, He's not answering. So he's just like holding this fridge above their head. They live on the fourth floor of the building. He's just walking up the stairs with this fridge above his head. And he grabs a rope, ties it around the fridge, hangs it from the ceiling. This dude uses this fridge as a punching bag to exercise every morning. <laughs> He's like, there's no pun- punching bag in, in the Philippines. <laughs> they use a fridge. Bro, Icebox. Ta- Polly's straight up be like brown Batman. Like vigilante, brown Batman? Just- like vigilante justice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They like see someone robbing a lady and they're like, I'll Death. take care of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where is she? Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. What is her? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what you're <laughs> saying. I don't get it. <laughs> That's not correct grammar. <laughs> don't tell me. <laughs> uh, dude, I knew uh, a Tongan dude. His his last name was Tupo. And I think... That's like a that's a big family. That's a big family, Tupo. Everybody knows a Tupo in Polynesia. His dad was a mechanic. I think that's the king's last name too. It is. I yeah. just didn't want to say it because like yeah. we literally just talked <laughs> about how everyone is related. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he legit was related to the king. His dad, his dad, huge guy. But his son, the kid I knew, he's like twenty. Um, he was gigantic, and his grill. Looked like he tried to eat rocks as a kid. <laughs> it was, anyway, don't beat me up if you hear this. Uh, he, uh, his dad was a mechanic, and instead of using a wencher crane to lift um, like engines. engines out, he would walk up and pick the engine block up. And I'm dead ass. I saw him do it once. <laughs> and so, like, you know, you can deadlift a lot of weight, but it's like almost right under your body. He would like reach over, pick it up out of the car and like move it. And his dad would like do something and then he'd like put it back down. 
Uh, it's too. cheaper. He's so big. Uh, I talked about it pre- on a previous episode, um, but there was a level five cyclone when I was in Australia. And so we did a lot of like uh, work, manual labor, cleaning houses, rebuilding houses, clearing houses, stuff like that. Uh, Elder Tuifua, the kid who ate the cane toad, he had, dude, his companion was named Elder Lester. And everyone said, is your first name Mo? <laughs> that's, like, that's every day someone Classic, said that. <laughs> that's so good. But he was a brony. He was oh, a white He was a brony? Kid. He was a brony. So his no. first name was Mo. <laughs> yeah. Bro Lester. Yeah. <laughs> he was so scrawny, such a gamer, super bad acne, so like pasty white and just like zero muscle on his body. Yeah. You get it then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can relate. <laughs> And uh, Elder Tuifua was his companion. So, like, literally the opposite. Like, if you were a build a character on a video game, it was like you drug the you drug the <laughs> thing to the opposite side every stat. And they were like doing a ton of manual labor, like rebuilding houses. And and uh, Elder Tuifua just like watched him try to like move a two by four and stuff around. Oh <laughs> and eventually, gosh. he just like put a hand on his shoulder and like put him on the ground. He's like, just sit. It <laughs> like wouldn't let him work. That's so funny. <laughs> That's like Elmer Fudd and the Monstars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. Uh, Elder Vilea, the only other story I know of him is they're walking through the field and they come across a carabao. Carabao. Carabao is the Philippines national animal and it's the water buffalo. Dude, beautiful creatures. They're pretty so, big too. They're big. They're super docile. Police ride them through the streets. <laughs> they're really dope. And they're, yeah, like I said, super kind. You can approach them all the time, pet them. Super nice. Just gentle, gentle giants. <laughs> Except, like most polys until you piss them off. <laughs> except for this one time. For whatever reason, they entered into this field that they were trying to walk across that they had never been in before. And this water buffalo started charging them. Uh, it's in front of them. Elder Young starts running, as any normal person would. Uh, Elder Vilea drops his bag, cracks his knuckles, and this charging water buffalo... That's easily five, six hundred pounds. Easily. Runs up to him and he punches it right in between its eyes. Oh! <laughs> right in between its eyes. And the thing goes from running, maybe, I don't know, 15 miles an hour to a complete stop. And it just stop. Uh, it halts, kneels, lays on the ground, and that's it. <laughs> it dies. It just laid on the ground. It didn't die. I don't know if it died or not, but it just like laid down, completely stopped. It was like, like holy it did shit. it for the Fall. grapevine. It, I heard that it died. <laughs> really? Yeah. I heard. But it I didn't was hear like, it from Brandon. I heard it from um one person to another person to another person. So I'm sticking with it. Yeah. What I heard is whether it died or not, it was like sequential. It didn't like run and then like fall to the ground or like a car crash. You know where like the tires blown and it like goes out of control and then. <laughs> like drags on the ground slides like this one like stopped all of a sudden and just like got down on its knees and then laid on its belly <laughs> and just put its head down. <laughs> what the f- just happened to yeah. me? <laughs> Dude, this sounds fake. It sounds like superhuman. It sounds like Edward from Twilight, like stopping the van. <laughs> <laughs> but this shit is so real, bro. Dude, I was just talking to, uh, when I was in San Francisco, is with my girlfriend 
her best friend from high school and her husband. I was talking to them about uh, tall tales we heard growing up. And there's like the classic American tall tales. Uh, Paul, Bunyan, Paul, Bunyan Paul Bunyan and the and Johnny the Appleseed. Uh, they had never heard of Paul Bunyan. What? Who? My girlfriend and her friend and her husband. Not Americans. What? I was like, how did I hear about Paul Bunyan <laughs> in Hawaii? And you guys didn't. I was like, his pet, the blue ox, made the Great Lakes. Babe? And they're like, you're an oh, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like, this isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's sweet. That's, <laughs> like, it's real. <laughs> that would piss me off. Dude, I, know. I was like, hear about it. What? what books did you read in elementary school? Books? Read? Like, what did they assign you? Like, Lord of the Flies, 1984. Ender's Game elementary was Elementary school? Yeah, I can't remember elementary school. Where the Red Fern Grows, Shiloh. I read holes. where the red from grows. I read holes. Yeah, I did read holes. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, but that wasn't assigned. That was the only book I think. I in, don't remember like at least a novel in elementary that, yeah. school. Like I remember high school books, but not elementary. Yeah, I can't really remember. Maybe but, or I'm uh, elementary to high school. Ender's Game was lit. Yeah, they also let's see. They did Great Gatsby. You had to read October Sky. We didn't read Great, um, Gear, uh, I didn't read Great Gatsby. Oh yeah. Um, but most people did, I feel like. Bro, I, I want to like go back to Polly's. What's up? <laughs> I have a one or two more. Oh, Forget shit. reading. <laughs> yeah. Just like Polly's. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, dude, there was a elder, his long ass name, someone, gets to the mission first like two days. They call us up. Someone's frantically like, you need to come pick him up. <laughs> and it's like, it's my first month. Like I barely just got there. So my senior companion gets off the phone. He's like, hey. Uh, elder so-and-so just tried to kill his trainer. Oh, we need to do a switch quick. So can you hang out with him? And I'm like, dude, <laughs> like this kid, huge. He was such a big kid. Like beat up his trainer or actual. He was like trying to get through a door to beat him up because they were disagreeing. Big Samoan kid. <laughs> so I had to go, we pick him up and it shakes out. They were like, okay, we're going to go do this thing. You just hang out here with him. So like I'm trying to think of what disagreement would push you to. I think to it was trivial, but I I heard his his trainer was a kind of an ass, like just really dismissive oh. of him. Yeah. Like you don't know, I'm the trainer, stuff like that. Oh. So we pick him up. He comes in and he just sits on the floor, and I'm just like sitting there, and I'm just like, so, what do you want to do? And he's like, well. We're, sorry, go back. We're sitting there quietly. I don't even ask him a question. I don't even say like, yo, what happened? And he just goes. <sighs> I get mad, everything goes black <laughs> and I don't know what I do. And I'm just like, so how are you feeling now? <laughs> and he's like, oh. and I was like, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to print photo. So we go and print photos. <laughs> like from pictures you've taken? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We go to Office Depot and just print a ton of photos. And he's just like, this is a good photo. <laughs> and I was like, okay, hey, uh, what do you want to do now? He's like, I'm hungry. So I was like, let's go straight to KFC. <laughs> Get him a bucket and go back to the flat. And he's just sitting there eating his chicken. And he like finally opens up and just talks about it. And he's like, I was ready to kill him. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, cool. How are you feeling now? He's like, I'm better. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> but I just Dude, remember being terrified. That's the extreme hanger, bro. Yeah. Right there yeah for real <laughs> okay that's it i won't show the other one one time i had to pick up elder mafi because he tried to throw a knife at his companion <laughs> the, the guy an asian kid who was like terrified <laughs> closed the door and the knife like went through the door like halfway through the door and he was like call us he's like he's trying to kill me <laughs> yeah really shelly duvall right there yeah. i don't want to incriminate anybody but you know this person i was companions with them 
And there were four of us living in an apartment. And my companion, this guy from Hawaii. Mm. And we swam little, with him at a. Yeah. <laughs> this little Filipino kid got into an argument because the Filipino was like, You broke my headphones. And he's like, you shouldn't even be having headphones. They got in this argument. And I like walk out of the bathroom with like a towel on. And they're yelling at each other like, what's going on? So I like step in between them. And I was like, to, to my companion, get out. And so I pushed him out of the room, closed the door, and turned around to talk to the other guy as a fist came through the door. I was like, <laughs> he's big mad right now. And I looked at the guy. I was like, that could have been your head, bro. <laughs> so calm down. So tell me what's going on. That's like the ringer. Bro. You remember the ringer? Vaguely. When she, uh, he's confessing his sins and like the, the priest like punches him through the screen. <laughs> 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 That's funny. If you don't know, Johnny Knoxfield uh, pretends to be someone with mentally challenged Down syndrome to be in the Special, Special Olympics. Olympics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to try to get gold. But also there was like a girl... Some hot girl running it, okay, and they've got yeah. ice cream. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, movie, remember that. Movies of the two thousands. We were just <gasps> my girlfriend had never seen uh, Superbad. Nope. Tropic Thunder. Ooh, that is a good definitely one. one you couldn't make. Dude, yeah. <laughs> There's like a hard like 2010 was is like the Great Wall <laughs> of like everything political. Yeah, like nothing gets past 2010. Dude, we even like we had a dance party recently, and you downloaded the wrong version of "Let's Get It Started" oh, you got by the Black Eyed Peas, which don't cancel me. It goes, "Let's get retarded." Yeah, and it says that over and over. And DJ throws it on, and all of a sudden, everyone's like dancing, and everyone's like, "This, this is <laughs> just not how." Especially I some of the younger kids there, they were yeah. like, "What like, is this? this? <laughs> What's this hate <laughs> speech?" <laughs> Against mentally challenged yeah, people. Dude, it was like, I got to see the Mandela effect in real time. <laughs> like, no, you forgot this. Yeah. <laughs> this used to go off. No, but yeah, the great wall of like, dude, I, I kind of feel like it's a pendulum. It was over here in 2010 with like super bad and all this crazy stuff. And then it swung really far. We're like, there's nothing funny anymore because everyone's afraid of getting canceled. <laughs> and eventually it will just swing back and like, we'll be able to be f- crazy again. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Look forward to that day. Tropic Thunder could not make it. Could not make it. Today. Simple Jack. I uh, blackface. There's so much comedy. There's so many comedians who do stand up. If it's not offensive, I'm not interested. Yeah. Me too. So much of my comedy comes from saying the things you're not supposed to say. Yeah. Like me and my siblings would legit play a game where it's like say the most inappropriate thing in sacrament, and you try to get the whole bench to laugh. So like my sister, older sister, Brittany, she's like the queen, dude. My dad would be getting so effing pissed. Like, <laughs> Shut up, you kid. Like, but it's sacrament. It's in the middle of church. So you have to be like as indiscreet as possible. So he'd be like, or like, yes. Shut up, you little shut No, but they'd just be like, like, be quiet. You know, try to convey like, I will physically hurt you if it wasn't for the bishop looking down anyway so he'd be doing that and we'd all be like oh shit scared and then Brittany would just say one thing and she'd crack even my dad he'd start laughing so our whole bench is like sitting there like this like and yeah everyone in the ward just, just looking at my family dude. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> sinners yeah. really but that's like that's my comedy is like say and I get it from my grandpa he used to say like mad perverted racist stuff <laughs> so I'm making excuses yeah. <laughs> so I have to. It's in me genetically. <laughs> that justification, bro. Yeah. Uh, 
No, but I just, I love pushing the limit and I love inappropriate humor. It's so funny to me. <laughs> and it's also super impressive to me. When you see a comedian do it well, you're like, wow, that's, that's an art. Yeah. They'll like take a, they'll take like an idea. Like, you know, feminism is dumb, you know, like that everyone would be against, but they like the art of like trying to make you like agree with that a bit. <laughs> exactly. It's such That's a funny, funny thing because to it's do. like, yeah, no, like you know? Andrew Scholes's whole bit about how, like, um, what's it called? Like serial killers and Ted Bundy killing people and like killing women. And like, do you think they kind of deserve, you know what I mean? He says like <laughs> yeah. something so bad. Yeah. You're like, whoa. What? But then like he funnily like pr- tries to make his point, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. He talks about like he, he even uh, starts off his bit by saying, let me tell you how, let me tell you how little I care about animal rights. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something where, like, like, you know, <gasps> everyone's all about like, you know, yeah. being nice to animals. Yeah. Right. You know? Uh, but yeah, that's how he starts it off. And then he ends like, he ends it by saying like this morning I decimated two generations of, of chickens. I had a chicken omelet. Yeah. I ate the mother and the child. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But yeah. (sighs) So that's what we're, yeah. Kind of attempting here. (laughs) If you didn't laugh at all of our jokes, then no, like I listen to a ton of podcasts and a lot of them say like, you need to label yourself a comedy podcast so that. If you ever say anything crazy, you just say, hey, we were trying com- we were trying to be funny. <laughs> so uh, we are a Scary Stories comedy podcast, just to let you know. Yeah. And with yeah. that, Scary There's- Stories. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What did you want to say? Microaggressions is Micro- a big topic. Big trigger words. I mean, yeah. I think th- uh, a lot of people label aggressions and microaggressions uh, incorrectly all the time. <laughs> Um, not everything is okay, to be real evasive. quick though. Microaggressions. What is that? It's like something I would do unintentionally that would like is super offensive to you or, just because, a, or affect you indirectly. So, so unintentionally, though. an example is like a man holding the door open for a woman because he thinks she's incapable. It would be labeled as a microaggression or asking like, what ethnicity are you? Is a microaggression uh. or, there's like a million. So it's like you're not overtly being like, you racist word, you know. You're just yeah. micro aggressive. You're just them. saying things that are like offensive to some people who have weak bloodlines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is there any microaggressions that affect you guys where people aren't being overtly? When someone calls me bud or champ, <laughs> I like, I want to get stabby. <laughs> I, I get so pissed dude. and I always reply with like, no worry, sport. Like I say something just as equally demeaning back to him. So that's my pettiness. And how about you guys? Bro, I feel like there's just so many I have to lean into them. The red one being homeschooled. It's just, I can't, I can't get offended. <laughs> that's strength uh, though. That's strength. I don't what, have any, but um, your point with microaggressions. I, I don't know. I'm changing topics right now. So I, I realize we live in Utah, mm-hmm. but I think I was in like absolutely the heart of what Utah is personified as yesterday. So my brother started uh, high school, he's a freshman, mm-hmm. and he's playing football. So I went to his first football game yesterday. Hell yeah, brother. Dude, it's just odd <laughs> being in like redneck land. <laughs> 
like the dude sitting next to me had a shirt. He had a huge beard. He looked like he was from Duck Dynasty. Uh, and his shirt said, uh, Lions, not sheep. And uh, That's like a huge brand in Utah. Oh, is it? It's Sean Wade. Uh, that doesn't uh, surprise me. He's but. an influencer from Salt Lake. Huh. Republicans have influencers. Uh-huh. It's just funny. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's a um, whole meme that is like Republicans can't meme. <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> but anyway. Uh, I swear there's got to be something funny in that. Just like sitting, sitting at the football game, uh, this kid who was like 15 at the front was like, uh, so my brother's high school has, it's not JV and varsity. It's freshman team, sophomore team, and then varsity. So he's on the freshman team. And there was like 40% of the stadium filled for that, Whoa. for the freshmen. So I was like, can't imagine what the varsity is like, you know, this whole stadium is packed. But yeah, it was just a... Uh, I don't know. I always think high school, like being like up in arms about high school sports is strange to me. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because like. in arms, you mean like. People being, are very passionate. They're like. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. There's but people who are like diehard high school sportsers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my buddy right now has been posting for the last month uh, like uh, AMAs on Reddit. Like best, uh, or not AMA, but like, uh, what is it where you post a question? Isn't it AMA? Or just question. He po- ask, he's been ask, post- ask Reddit? He's been posting uh, questions on Instagram like, all right, everybody, best uh, high school running back in Hawaii in the 2000s. And he gets like hundreds of replies. So it's funny. I'm, I, I think it's weird because I grew up in Hawaii where, because we don't have any professional sports, and our college team is ass. Everybody loves high school. And Kahuku is the number one football team in Hawaii. And they're, they've been on like the top 50 high schools in the nation since like forever. Because <laughs> as a high school, they recruit from the, all these po- – circling back. <laughs> circling back here. That's why we brought this up. They recruit from the islands. Straight from the islands. Oh. What? They don't care about Polly's from Hawaii or from the mainland. Like, Y'all are too soft. They want the ones killing we need those uh, toads water eating. buffaloes, yeah. <laughs> eating toads, punching refrigerators yeah. for fun. <laughs> so, yeah, all the big uh, Polly football players in the NFL come from Kahuku. She, bruh. It's scary. Why the hell are Polly so big? <sighs> I don't know. And I swear Tongans are the biggest. And this it's biased because... I'm Tongan, but Tongans are the only ones who weren't conquered. They still have a king. Like every other Polynesian culture, uh, country has the British flag on it. Or French. Yeah. Yeah. So Okay. Okay. Nobody, I guess Tongans got like the Chinese flag on it. <laughs> no, they don't. Aren't you like bought out by China? Doesn't China move into Tongan? Like- there's, there's lots of Indians and Chinese in Polynesia. Yeah. Like the national, I I don't know if this is real, national dish of Fiji is Fijian curry. It's because the Indians brought it over. Yeah. But they run all the businesses, just like Hawaii. Like all the businessmen uh, and businesses are owned by like Chinese. Yeah. Bro, just going back to like Tongans being huge. I've said this before, but for those listeners who are not day oneers, I had a companion, Elrokoka, straight from Donga. And he was massive, like six, five plus. (laughs) Titties like dinner plates, traps up to his ears, and he'd always be hitting push-ups. 
and he'd just do like 200 casual. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and I was always just like, bro, you are huge. Like, you're terrifyingly big. And, he's and like, he'd always respond. To be honest, back in Tonga, I'm the smallest one. <laughs> and he'd always talk about how he was the smallest of his brothers. And I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, if you're the smallest of your brothers, your, your family's terrifying. <laughs> I remember when I went to Tonga. Was that it? Yeah. Okay, shut up. I remember when I went to Tonga. What a Tonga, And dude. we went to, we went to <laughs> You're not dude. that big, fool. Yeah. <laughs> not, Neither are you, bro. That's why I'm taking Tongan. advantage of your yeah. Japanese ass. Um, hey, remember. <laughs> I'll come for you when you don't expect. <laughs> we did drop a couple bombs on you, too. Dude, that was a mainland. Yeah. That, was, that was me, bro. Yeah. Oh, I did not do that. <laughs> We're throwing rocks. Um, when I went to Tonga... For the first and only time, I was 12. My dad was so excited to take us to show us where he grew up. And uh, we went to church. And Sunday school comes around. And everybody splits off for Sunday school in in the Mormon church. So it's like uh, all the adult women go to their class. Adult men go to their class. And all the kids in their specific age groups go in their class split between boys and girls. Uh, This time I was with all all the young men. And we were like being quizzed scriptures or like, uh, like to recite these different scriptures or answer questions like who was this person in the new Testament that went to, uh, this Island and we'd go around the room. And if you got the answer, if you were incorrect with your answer, you would go in the middle of the room, put your head down and everyone would knock your head. <laughs> like, like how you knock a door. But just one big knock on the back oh. of your head. <laughs> and everyone like <laughs> I remember the smallest kid. Like, he went first. Everyone's like, he got it wrong. Yeah. He gets in the middle, puts his head down, boom, whack. <laughs> just starts laughing. <laughs> Everybody just taking their shots and he's laughing. So that was our Sunday school. Polly's are so old testament, dude. <laughs> Fire and brimstone, dude. We'll smite you. Fire and brimstone. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that shit is wild. Let's get on with it. Let's tell stories. <laughs> okay. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of? Proud of because you put in the work and the other person put in the work as well. Uh, didn't have to be perfect, but uh, effort was made, honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships. Uh, the good thing is with, with therapy, at least in my experience, uh, that's something I've been able to find. Uh, somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself. And we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, it's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 3am. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
<laughs> now we roll our dice. See who goes first. Highest goes first. Take a spin. See who wins. Oh, 20 and 20. Oh, oh shit. That's a first. I got a four. <laughs> you got to double fist us now, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Two fingers. <laughs> 15 and 6. So it's Charles, me, and then Sean. Gang, let's go. Japanese, brown, and white. Hey, yo. Beast, Shaka, Rock. Yo. Yo. For my story tonight. Ass. (laughs) (laughs) For my story tonight. Dude, I have a crazy ass story. (laughs) It's from Zion. Zion? Yes. Like from... The homie in New Zealand. New Zealand. This is why you asked. What? About, about Polly's. Polly's? No, it's not. <laughs> uh, to be to be fair, or to be honest. Uh, to be true. Yeah. To be transparent. Um, <laughs> he sent this to... Okay, so we recorded last... Or this week, like a couple days ago. And then when we were wrapping up, my phone starts going off. And he sent me a story. Oh. And I was like, hell yeah. It's been a while since he's written in. And uh, it's a crazy story. So he had, he sent this crazy ass story. I'm not going to be sharing it this week. I'm going to share it next week. You dickhole. Because we just took so long <laughs> in the beginning. Today at work, I was talking to a coworker. We actually went and got lunch. Chick-fil-A. Hell yeah. Sandwich. Ate nuggies. Hell crazy. <laughs> With what sauce though, bro? Dude, I like the honey mustard. Okay, okay. Not the point. Not the poly sauce? We're just, no, hell no. <laughs> We're just chit-chatting, and then I was like, yo, you got any good stories? And they are like, uh, and I was like, spooky stories. And Ren, a coworker of mine, goes, oh. I was like, have you ever had anything weird happen? She goes, I did. So this happened to her. A couple years ago, she was serving a Mormon mission in Oregon, Salem, Oregon. Oh, Salem witch trials. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Similar. Same, same, but different. Yeah, very different. <laughs> In Salem, Oregon, she was in an area that was insanely rural. She said like hours and hours and hours way out in the forest, like small, tiny, quaint town. They filmed like a scene of Twilight there. Oh, sick. So think dense Pacific Northwest. Okay. Rural. She whitewashes this area with another sister missionary, meaning they had two missionaries there who knew the area. They moved them both out and moved two fresh missionaries in. So they get there. She's the senior companion. And they're just like, uh, we have no idea what to do or where to start. <laughs> so we talked about this in a previous episode. In every area on a mission, there's an area book where missionaries are to record information about the area and the people in the area. And there's also a list in there of like potential people who might be interested in hearing from the missionaries. So she's like, I have to run the show. I have to get work going. So she goes to the area book, looks for potentials, and there's a list of houses to go visit. She looks on the map. They're way out there. She's like, okay, we have nothing else to do. Let's do it. So the next day they're trying to like do the missionary things, knock on some doors, talk to some people, try to help anyone out anywhere she can. And to no luck. It's later in the afternoon and she goes, okay, let's go hit those houses. But they're on foot. So they have to hurry to make it back by curfew. They start walking out there. She's looking at the map. They keep walking out there. She's looking at the map and they keep walking and it's way further than she thinks or thought. (laughs) It's getting more rural. The pay, the roads are like not paved. Um, They're getting narrower. She, she said the light post 
were like regular city light posts and then they're getting like shorter and shorter and fewer and farther between. It's dark. It's like 8.30. And they're still going out. And they're still going out. Oh, gosh. They've like contacted a couple houses, but there's this one house they wanted to hit and she's looking on the map and it is just out there. And the houses have like stopped. She's like, dude, there's no way. But they decide to keep going. They're down this like almost country lane, small, super sparse lamp lights, like street lights. And they get to the last one. So they're walking down. And the she said the sidewalk was getting so narrow they had to like walk like single file. But they there was still a sidewalk. Yeah, but it, it was like a path. Okay, okay, okay. So they're on one side. She's doing all these things at once. She's like trying to find the houses, looking at the map, navigate. And she, they, they like, she sees someone walking up the road on the same side as them. She can't tell if it's a man or woman. It's just like a black silhouette hood up. As she looks up and sees that person, she said the mood shifted. She wasn't scared, but there was something different. Like she was on high alert, just like more mm-hmm. aware. So, Looks at her companion and says, hey, let's cross the road. They beeline it across the road. That person comes and gets like perpendicular to them or like straight across parallel to them on the other side of the road. Pauses for half a second. They like look over. All they can see is an outlet, like an outline silhouette. It's just pure black. They look over and it keeps moving. And they're like, Okay. So she looks down, looks at the map in the house. It says it's right across that field, but now they're at the last street lamp. They're under the street lamp. It's like the one light for like 200 feet back and they're looking, they see the faint outline of train tracks and then a black void of a field. And the, and the thing says the house is across that field and they're just staring black void. And they're sitting there and she goes to her companion, like, what do you think? Your companion's like, uh, I don't, she said, Ren, my homie, she's like, I don't get scared in real life. I stay really calm. Even when things escalate, I, it like doesn't phase me. I just stay very calm. But my companion is way more jumpy, way more emotional, not that, (laughs) not calm. So anyway, she's like, what do you think? And the companion is like, I don't know, sister, it's getting late. Like. It's probably like 15 minutes until we got to be home. She's like, okay, well, let's just come back tomorrow. Okay. Smart. So she packs up the map, puts it like in her bag, and they both turn around. And that figure is still standing there. But this time it's on, once again, on their side of the road. Uh. And they're looking at it. And everything that I'm about to explain, she said, took place in like three to ten seconds. So they notice the thing. Mm-hmm. They start walking forward. It's standing stock still. She says as they approach it and get closer, it moves. And what she said was it wasn't running, but it was moving as if it was running. Like speed wise. She said it moved faster than she's ever seen something move like a human. It makes a movement. She says, I don't know how I reacted this fast. But she shielded her companion like this, like kind of like put, got big, put her hands up a little bit like this. She says what happened was she saw it here and then within a snap second, it was here. Oh, shit. An inch. She said it brushed her nose. And then as it made contact with her nose, like the, the face was here, 
brushed her nose and then it was behind them. She's like, I didn't see it move around us. All I know is that it was behind us. Her companion screams top of her lungs. They turn around and see it. She looks at her companion. They look back gone. She said, I didn't see a face. She said, I didn't see any skin. I didn't see hands poking out of the black hood. I didn't see any face. And I was like, was it an empty hood? Like you could see the back of the hood, like the inside. And she's like, no, the only way to describe it is, have you ever been in a pitch black room and someone holds their hand in front of your face? And even though you can't see the hand, you can like feel it was there. She's like, that's what it looked like. Just like avoid. She was like, I don't know what happened or how it happened. And it didn't freak her out. She was like very calm the whole time, but it freaked her companion out. And she's like, I have no, she was just telling me this like at lunch today. And she was like, I have no idea what it was. No idea. They just went home and I was like, did you guys go back the next day? And she's like, no, it freaked my companion out so bad. That would be yeah, like unnerving to see something move that fast and still not know exactly what it was. Uh, talking to her, like she was describing, I could feel it, dude. I was going to say when she was telling it, dude, watching her, what was her demeanor? She, uh, we actually talked quite a bit about like stories and how they affect us. Same way I do. When I hear a story, I'm like in it like a movie Mm -hmm. and that's, she was like describing it. You could tell she's like describing the lamppost and she was like, like a halo of light was coming down and we were like standing right in the light and like everything is black around us. And she's like, everything happens so fast. I'm looking at my map. All of a sudden he like moves. I don't know. It was very intense. I could feel it. It was intense. I feel that too, man. She's a good storyteller. She said, she's like, that's kind of the one thing I encountered on my mission that I'm like willing to share right now. She's like, but some pretty heavy stuff happened. Oh, shoot. And I was like, woo. She's like, like, like some pretty gnarly things. And I was like, shoo. And she's like, it freaked me out. I was like, well, no pressure, but if you ever want to share them, I'd be interested in hearing. Right. She's like, I don't know. We'll see. But shout out the homie Ren. Thank you, Ren. Anyway, that's Ren's encounter. Your rendition. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. All right, my turn, boys. This story comes from a listener. Her name's Kayla. She's from Texas. She's 22. This happened when she was uh, seven years old. So this was about 06, 07 when this happened. Kayla's in first grade and she had a retainer that she had to wear all the time. And it was new and for some, for whatever reason was under strict orders to like constantly had to keep it maintained during this time. So... One of the things she would have to do routinely uh, would be to brush her teeth. She had had to go see the school nurse. School nurse would make her brush her teeth uh, after lunch. She, uh, Kayla said this would always irritate me because this cut into recess time. Because it was lunch and then recess. Uh, yeah. you know? So it, she hated doing it, but she had to. So one day, all of a sudden, excruciating pain, she says, She said, my mouth was burning. So I ran to my teacher explaining my mouth is on fire. feels like my gums are on fire right now. Uh, She said that 
my body was hot, but I didn't have a fever. But it was strange because it was it was so painful. Kayla says, I remember begging my teacher to please let me go and see the school nurse. And the teacher, I guess, wasn't really giving in. Then all of a sudden, snap. A part of her retainer in her mouth broke. And there's a metal piece hanging from the roof of her mouth. That made it so every time she started talking, her tongue started, like it kind of stabbed her tongue. So it made it really uncomfortable to talk. She's like trying to explain what's happening to her. Finally, um, can't remember if it was the nurse or the teacher, but the teacher grabs uh, a pair of pliers, sticks it in her mouth, grabs the metal part, and bends it upwards so it's not stabbing her tongue anymore. So a, a temporary, you know, a Band-Aid fix to this, which is, I don't know, kind of wild to think of teachers sticking pliers in children's mouths. A um, little bit. A little bit. So... I think at that point, the teacher was like, all right, let's get you to the nurse. <laughs> nurse is... Uh, or the mechanic, dude. <laughs> <laughs> nurse is uh, trying to figure out what's going on, and she can't. Nobody knows what's going on, and her mouth is still on fire. Ten minutes had passed, and it's still going. So the nurse lies her down. She says, I'm going to call your mom. Calls her mom. No answer. This was strange. This has never happened before. Kayla uh, was or is an only child, so her mom was always really protective of her. And this is the first time she had never answered. So she's laying there in the med bay, mouth still on fire. About 20 minutes goes by, and the pain goes away. Super strange. Uh, mom picks her up, and Kayla starts to describe to her mom... What happened? I said, Mom, my gums, my mouth was on fire today. I mean, we just got this retainer. It's brand new. It shouldn't be breaking the way it did. But even before it broke, like, my mouth was on fire. Uh, and the nurse and teacher looked at it, and there was, like, nothing wrong before, you know, the retainer broke. So it's just one weird thing after another that was related. The whole time she's explaining this to her mom, her mom is staring at her, uh, and it's super unsettling. The mom doesn't respond, and they drive the whole way home in silence. They get home a little later, and mom explains that grandma's house caught on fire. And uh, I, I don't think it was the whole house. It was just the attic. And she said it happened at this time, and it was the same time that mom got the call, you know, to come pick Kayla up from school. And the time that the fire lasted was about a half hour, the same amount of time that Kayla's mouth was on fire. So Kayla found this super strange. I assume her mother did as well when trying to connect these dots that are unseemingly uh, disconnected. Years later, Kayla found out that in the attic were boxes, typical things that were collecting dust. Mm-hmm. Family heirlooms. And one of the boxes that got destroyed was, and what her mom kept, was Kayla's baby teeth. Tooth fairy. She'd grab them. And she just held them, left them in the box, and they were destroyed in the fire. And that that was the final connection to that story and that she didn't learn about until years later. And that's the thing that scared her most. 
It's that connection between the teeth that Ugh. were destroyed in the fire and her mouth that was burning that that one day in first grade. But that's Kayla's story. Now you know if like you ever get like a random pain in your mouth, you gotta be thinking about those baby teeth. Someone's got my baby tooth. <laughs> so strange. How the, do you how, how do you explain? There's connection, the, bro. There is none. There is. It came from your body. That's a connection. <laughs> <laughs> that's a it's a tough one to explain away. But thank you for sending that story in. Uh very unique Hell in yeah. nature. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. The only thing I can think of that's similar is like, I don't know, like a voodoo doll, you know? Yeah. Similar concept. Yeah. Of burning like Take a figure or of that person, put it on the doll, yeah. control the person. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of uh folklore from around the world of voodoo Keeping and witchcraft, your, like, like fingernails yeah. and like hair and stuff. The hair and even like your piss and shit, like properly disposing of all of that. Kind of reminds me of like phantom pains. So like if someone loses an arm or whatever, they will experience like the missing arm feels like it's clenched. Do you know what I mean? And like one therapy or one treatment is you put a mirror right here and you put your hand down. So it looks like in the mirror, your other hand is like this and you clench this hand and then you let it go. And a lot of people say like they feel the tension release. Yeah. And the other. Uh-huh. That's what it kind of ran, like, like, I don't know, like, yeah, the missing limb or appendage affecting you and In like hurting way. you. Yeah. yeah. And you're not even knowing that the missing like teeth were there until much, much later. Or it's like when your phone's in your pocket and it rings and you reach in. It's, and not, it's not there. there. Yeah. <laughs> That's those phantom vibrations, yeah, dude. That happens all the time. I hate that. Baby but. teeth are foul, bro. <laughs> Who's saving that? The, the true monster of this story is. Kayla's mom. <laughs> Just kidding. Just keeping them GD baby teeth, bro. <laughs> Box of teeth. Ugh. Shout Doesn't out to no Kayla. Me, dog. That was yeah. a good one. Super short unique. and sweet. Is that you? Sweet. That's me. Okay, I'm going to close this out tonight here, guys. Take us home, young blood. I'm going to take a little bit of a tone change from your stories, though. I'm going to take us all the way to the country of India. So this story happened to our writer in India in 2016. So fairly recently. (laughs) And he's from one of the Northern provinces of India, a place called Uttar Pradesh. Ah. So it's right on the Ganges river next to the Himalayas. I would show you pictures, but Young Kalima's not here today. It's okay. It's okay. So anyways, um, he is visiting his aunt and uncle, and his aunt and uncle are actually expecting. They're expecting a baby pretty soon. And one day while he's visiting, his aunt goes into labor. And she ends up being stuck in labor for a long, long time. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to get her the help that she needs. And as the family is trying to figure out what to do, someone suggests that maybe the aunt had been a victim of a tantric ritual called bandhan. What is it? It's something that they call binding, 
the word they used is bandhan. 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 What's the definition of tantric? Uh, tantric? Yeah, let's look it up. Let's look it up real quick. Because I thought tantric had something to do with like sex. Relating to or involving the doctrines or principles of the Hindu or Buddhist <laughs> tantras. Kama Sutra? Maybe. <laughs> okay. So someone suggests that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, someone suggests she could have been a victim of bandhan or binding. And this particular bandhan is supposed to cause a delay in childbirth. Oh. And in an effort to help, the uncle knows of a priest in a nearby temple who is an expert in all things occult. Unbandhan. Unbandhan. <laughs> <laughs> So as the things kind of take a turn for the worse, they decide to just go to the temple, try and find this priest, trying to get some help for her. They end up getting to the temple, meeting this priest, and he's just, he's a normal guy, a normal priest, dressed modestly, has like an air of humility about him. And after telling him the story, and they'd brought the aunt with her as well. After Is she still in birth? She's still going through this, as oh far as I know. Gosh. And after this observation, the priest is like, yeah, someone has put a Masani Kriya on her, which is a graveyard ritual. So a little bit of background. A Masani Kriya is a dark magic believed in India to curse people with disturbed and suffering souls. So basically inviting the lower wandering souls to come back to our plane of existence as parasites on people who are cursed, the ant in this case. Now the priest, he confirmed that if the ritual was not reversed, that quickly both the baby and the ant would not make it. So how do you reverse it? The priest told them that there is what's called a yagya or a ceremonial fire that if done in time, both the ant and baby can be saved. So the priest takes them outside to the banks of the Ganges, and there he sets up this little like location. You know, you like get your circle and everything yeah. to do this ceremonial fire. Okay, and he asks this our rider and his uncle to sit around the fire, and you know, keeping general positive thoughts and throwing things into the fire when instructed for hours as this ritual goes on to reverse the uh, Masani Kriya. So this process, it goes on for quite some time. And then as they're going through this ritual, this horrifying thing happens. They're sitting in the circle, throwing things into the fire as they're instructed. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these, what he described as subhuman beings just appeared out of nowhere. Each was deformed. Subhuman? Subhuman is the word he used. They were deformed, stunted arms, legs, pus oozing from wounds on their bodies. And they surrounded them in this circle of this ceremonial fire. Now, the uncle, he described him as like kind of a no-nonsense kind of person, more of the skeptic in this situation. And after this whole scenario like ended, after talking to his uncle, his uncle said he thought that they were just like beggars coming around. <laughs> That's gonna say, it's like, this is it just is the Mumbai. India. People from Mumbai move along. So he's about ready to like move it talk to slum him. dogs. 
to get out of like to leave. <laughs> and the priest, as he's like watching, notices the uncle's about ready to say something and like signals to him and just goes, Shh. and he's like, uh, fingers up to the lips, fingers to the lips, just to shush the uncle. And shortly after that, the ritual comes to an end. But as they like are ending this ritual, they notice that all of these beggars or subhuman beings are all gone. Just as suddenly as they appeared, they disappeared. So the priest, he then asked for a few minutes so that he could dispose of the residue of the Yagya into the river Ganges. And as he's doing that, his uncle and him are wandering around this temple trying to find like these people that were just bothering them. <laughs> and they couldn't find anyone like on the temple grounds or anything. So they go back to where the, the priest is at and they ask him like, well, what were those people doing here? And the priest explained that those were the ones that were being used to torment the ant. They had arrived to distract them from the ritual. And if he had said something to them, the ritual would have failed. Oh shit. And the ant and the baby would not have survived. Whoa. Like acknowledging it? Like acknowledging, simply acknowledging it. And that's why he had gestured, gestured to them to remain calm. And in such a calm way, not like a, don't you dare say something. So just calm, just a shh. So as like he is processing all this information, he can't help but wonder of any of the other crazy things that this priest who specializes in the occult has seen. So he asks him, have you ever seen God? And the priest responds, no, but I have seen the devil. And our patrons will be hearing the rest of this story. <sighs> so our priest, he responds with no, but I have seen the devil. And our writer is a little confused by this. because Crazy, bro. Yeah. Well, that is me for tonight. Thank you, Sean. That was dope. That was fun. Super fun. And for anyone who isn't a patron, go to our website, 3ampodcast.com. The. 3ampodcast.com. The 3ampodcast.com. Did I not say the? I don't know. I can't hear. I'm so tired. (laughs) But anyways, or you can link in bio on our Instagram page. Any of those ways work. You will be able to listen to our priest when he did see the devil and our whole backlog of patron stories hey yo so check it out sweet thanks my dude hell yeah thanks everyone for sharing those stories boys and girls it's been a good one uh excited to see you all halloween next week not halloween but spooky season season yeah is upon us uh let's sign off cool love all of you wait i want I want to see a movie with listeners. So if you're in Utah, <laughs> look out on our IG. We're going to announce when we're going to go see a scary movie together. <laughs> so you can come up. Hang Let's out go. with us. Let's go see Malignant. Okay. That one does look pretty spooky. That title's kind of kind of scary. Too, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little risque. <laughs> I had a Filipino companion who would always use these big English words but didn't know what they meant. <laughs> And that was one Plethora. of the, that's one of the ones he used. He's like, Elder Gakos. Oh gosh. But he's he is he is femboy. Um like he's actual femboy now. Yeah. But he was like Elder uh, today is a, a wondrous day. I just feel so malignant. 
<laughs> and you're like, oh, are you I was okay? like, bro, do you know what that means? <laughs> He's like, I just feel it. I just feel it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. He's like, mm, this rice isn't scrupulous. <laughs> you're like, no. <laughs> That's funny. That's me half the time on this pod. All right. Everyone out there, I love you so much. Uh, bye, love you. Be safe. Trust your guy. Watch your back. Be careful out there. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, podcast listeners. I'm Carol Costello, a former CNN anchor and national correspondent. This January, I'm launching a podcast about one of the first cases I ever covered as a journalist. It's one that stuck with me all of these years, the one that buried itself under my skin and stayed put. It's a true crime series about an amazing woman named Phyllis Cottle who defied torture and death and brought a fierce rage to the quest to find her attacker. Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage is a production of Evergreen Podcasts and signature title of the Killer Podcast Network. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at killerpodcast.com.